Welcome, code aficionados and digital daredevils, to a podcast that's about to dive deep into the fascinating world of WebAssembly. WebAssembly, or WASM for the initiated, is revolutionizing modern engineering, pushing the boundaries of what developers can do. It's like a secret portal connecting your code to the digital cosmos. On this show, F5's Joel Moses, Oscar Spencer, and Matthew Akabuchi will be your guides to this virtual dimension, decoding the mysteries and unveiling the endless possibilities. So strap in for a bite-sized adventure as we take off with WebAssembly Unleashed. All right, thank you, Tabitha. Welcome to WebAssembly Unleashed, your source for news and views about the world of WebAssembly. I'm your host, Joel Moses. Alongside me, my fellow WebAssembly traveler, Oscar Spencer. Uh, Matt is sick this week. He lost his voice in a way that's not conducive to podcasting. So we wish him the best, and we'll see him next episode. Now, Oscar and I both work for F5 and Nginx, but our love for this area of software development was cultivated inside the community, and we're passionate about where it's going. Uh, here on WebAssembly Unleashed, as you know, we'll always talk about what's happening in the community that's notable or exciting, provide our own perspectives, and by perspectives, I mean unwashed, unloved, and unwanted opinions. If you've been following along with our episodes, we often invite some special guests who are doing noteworthy things in the community, and that's true today. But first, a little time with Oscar. Now, Oscar, I'm seeing a lot of chatter out there about AI, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. specifically about how WebAssembly creates a near-perfect feature match for performing inferencing tasks in edge locations. Uh, you've got platform neutrality surrounding GPUs, fast startup time, sandbox security, portability in small binary sizes, and this seems to be custom tailored to edge AI workloads. What do you think? Is it ready for prime time? Oh, um, well, ready for prime time. You know, that's always been the question for the ages. It's as ready as you want it to be, you know, right? Like if you're if you're going out and, and, and testing things and, and it works for you, then I say go for it. But I think overall, I think this is a really exciting area. Um, one of the things that I think is so neat about WebAssembly is the fact that our modules are so portable, right? Um, so what's actually one of the things you can think about doing, right, is let's say, okay, yeah, I can, you know, push my AI workloads out to the edge, but what about just running them on your clients directly, right? You could, for example, say, you know, what, by default, we're going to run our, you know, workloads just on the client. And then with feature detection, if we see, you know what, they actually don't have the hardware that's going to accelerate this workload, then we can push it and, you know, run it on the edge location or, you know, hey, you know, for whatever reason, um, I don't know, maybe all of our, right. our, our pops are down or whatever. Let's go run it on like some other servers. And it's easy enough to do that, you know, with backups. So I think that's one of the more interesting things that we can do, you know, in, in the space right now. And I'm excited to see what people are, are going to make of it. Um, but I think there's a, a whole lot of opportunities and I want to see people start doing some stuff with it. So I'm going to say what, you know what, it's ready for production. Just, just go do it. Go see what happens. Well, like you said, uh, getting ready for server-side uh, WebAssembly and uh, forgetting, of course, that client-side WebAssembly exists, I, that that's kind of doesn't serve our purposes very well. And I'm especially excited about the guests today because I think, uh, you know, if, we, if you want to talk server-side uh, WebAssembly and, and what it can do and what it means for the future, you can't do better than our guests today. Uh, WASI, or for the uninitiated, uh, depending on who you are, WebAssembly System Interface or WebAssembly Standard Interface, and we'll we'll talk about that perhaps, is the bedrock upon which server-side WebAssembly rests. Its importance can't be understated. 
Uh, it's a mechanism for turbocharging language and hardware bindings, providing common interfaces to interact with systems and hardware, uh, easing the challenge of porting software to take advantage of Wasm's power. Uh, we're pleased to introduce and uh, have with us Pat Hickey from Fastly and Bailey Hayes of Cosmonic uh, here today to talk about their roles within the WASI community. Uh, Pat, Bailey, welcome. I want to hear a little bit about what you're doing inside the community. So let's, uh, Pat, uh, can you describe for us what you're doing? Hi, uh, I work at Fastly and I've been a contributor and maintainer of the Wasm Time engine for a long time now. Um, and uh, one of the roles I have now is to be the co-chair of the WASI standards group, which is uh, running the meetings to get these things out the door. Um, and uh, another thing that I do is I'm on the chair, or sorry, I'm on the uh, the at-large uh, board member for the Bico Alliance. Great. Bailey, uh, how about you? Bailey Hayes, I am the CTO at Cosmonic, uh, which is a WebAssembly platform. Uh, we do focus also on uh, being able to deliver on the edge. So your conversation earlier was very exciting for me. Um, I'm a WASI co-chair along with Pat and I serve on the technical steering committee of the Bytecode Alliance. That's great. And and is it WebAssembly system interface or is it standard interface? I have a wonderful story to share. So in Barcelona, uh, almost this time last year, I was getting breakfast, freaking out about a talk. Uh, I get very nervous when I'm giving talks. And so I was talking to my friend, Oscar. <laughs> and I was like, Oscar, what do I do about this slide? Because it doesn't make any sense. I'm talking about cloud APIs and WASI cloud, uh, which is clearly not a systems interface. What do I do? So what, what do we do, Oscar? Well, I said, you know what? This just kind of seems like a standard interface, isn't it? So what, what if it were WebAssembly standard interfaces? Uh, and Bailey was like, yeah, WebAssembly standard interfaces. And we're trying to get everyone convinced that it should be this name. <laughs> well, actually working towards that. I look forward to the check-in changing all the GitHub repos to say that. Uh, so let, let's start here. Uh, you know, there are all, we have a, a, a lot of podcast listeners who might not be familiar with WASI. Uh, so let's, uh, let's first start with just a quick primer on what WASI is and why it's important. Who'd, who'd like to take that, Pat? Yeah, so, uh, so it started out as being called the WebAssembly Systems Interface. And the idea was, this goes back to 2019, that uh, we needed some common ground across all these, uh, let's say, incipient at the time, uh, uh, server-side WebAssembly implementations, uh, that for a couple of the basic things that a lot of programs assume exist, um, on the server side, that we would have a, stand, a standard way to interface to them. And so that was a lot of things that essentially like libc programs use, uh, that, that, you know, you kind of come from this POSIX world where it's like your program has got arguments. There's a bunch of strings, right? It's got environment variables. It's got stood in, stood out, stood error. It's got a file system. And uh, we kind of left sockets off. That's a more complicated story. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> but um, it's this way of talking to the outside world for a server-side program that's that's the basics. And so that got introduced to um, a C uh, Clang toolchain, uh, and we made the WASI libc and WASI SDK. Um, we uh, put that in as a Rust target, and then a whole lot of other languages have followed. And right now, uh, we, we have Go, Python, Ruby. Uh, many different languages are targeting this 
um, WASI uh, standard. Um, I think an important thing to know is that uh, you know we started this journey back in 2019, and uh, we came up with the simplest thing that could possibly work back in 2019. As and and, and the, the initial spec of of WASI was just a C header file right. um, of like, well, here's here's a bunch of C functions that you get to use, right? Um, and the the big source of of work and conflict and, and development over the next couple of years was a C header file isn't really the right thing for any language except C. Um, right. And the power of WebAssembly is that there's lots of other languages that want to use it. So how do we do that? Um, right. And uh, that that that's the long story. But uh, the short answer is we came up with this thing called the component model, um, and now. It's time to use the component model for WASI, and that is what we're calling WASI Preview Two. Gotcha. So, what is the deal with the the preview numbers? What's Preview Zero versus Preview One, and now this newfangled Preview Two everyone's talking about? Uh, well, so Preview Zero is a retcon. There was never a Preview Zero. There was WASI Unstable, which is the name on the initial release day <laughs> that we wanted everybody to understand that hey, this is an initial release. That we're not counting, don't count on any kind of stability here, please. <laughs> um, the problem with putting software into the world is that no matter what you tell people, uh, they're going to assume things are a little bit more stable than they are. Uh, that's just people, right? Um, if, if they want to use an, an interface, they're going to hope it sticks around. So, so we called that preview zero when we came up with this preview process, which is like, OK, we made some minor changes on preview zero. We called that preview one of, ah, here's a couple of little bugs in preview uh, zero that we fixed up. Um, and then we kind of wanted to like say, well, if we're going to make these breaking changes to an interface that lots of people are using, we want those breaking changes to be really well motivated because breaking changes cause pain. They cause work among a whole lot of people across a whole big ecosystem. So since 2019, we never did another preview um, because we were working on these kind of foundational changes that what we couldn't see is like there was no like half measure to like changing half of the house's foundation to be on an unfinished, weird, maybe probably component model. You know, th there was no, there didn't seem like a good way to roll that out as like a small incremental non-breaking change. So we basically, we had to finish the foundational changes in order to make preview two as something that, again, we want people to depend on being stable for a good long time, just like people have been depending on preview one being stable since 2019. Gotcha. So let me ask this then. Um, so preview two, obviously built on the component model. And you know this episode is not about the component model. And we'll, we'll probably save that for another episode. But let me ask you both. Um, does that mean the component model is done? The component model is going to reach MVP, uh, likely not by the end of this year, uh, but maybe next year. Uh, that's why we're continuing on with the preview terminology. Uh, but I would relate preview to something akin to a milestone. It is a point in time that is stable that we recommend people build on and give us feedback so that we can build the right thing uh, and deliver a real fully featured standard uh, that gives everybody what they need. Uh, so. The component model had an iteration also called Preview 2 uh, that is going to be launching alongside WASI, which is its you know, number one consumer. Uh, and so 
we're expecting to hold the vote during the WASI subgroup meeting at the end of this month. I believe that's January 24th. Uh, and uh, what the reason why I'm like, maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't, is that we're waiting on the second reference implementation of this specification. If we're able to run it in two totally different environments, then we feel really confident that it is, you know, a fully featured spec that somebody can take and run with and, and, and make something real with. Uh, for preview one, one thing I wanted to add uh, that Pat was talking about there is that folks built really awesome real production applications on top of preview one. Uh, so it, the preview terminology does seem to scare folks a little bit. Uh, and, and, and it is us saying that it's, you know, it's not exactly where we want it yet, uh, but you can build awesome things. Uh, what did you say earlier uh, on the podcast, Oscar? It's as production as you want it to be. Exactly. <laughs> That's really good. Uh, so the vote, of course, was postponed. And I, I got to ask this, when technologies are first being developed, one or two members of the community often do a lot of heavy lifting for certain areas of a standard. Uh, and when technology like WASI reaches a critical mass, and I think we kind of have by now, sometimes contributors may need help to avoid burnout and keep the pace while they step away to tackle other problems or, you know, God forbid, take a vacation. Uh, how do you see WASI tackling this challenge of moving from something that was a technology uh, prototype uh, to something that's that's a functional production-ready standard? Hey, that is a great question. So there's a number of ways we've tried to do that. Um, one of the things we did between WASI Preview 1 and 2 was we decomposed WASI from one big monolithic thing of this is just WASI, is all of these things together. Uh, into smaller sets of things that are we just call proposals. So there's like this very core WASI IO proposal that is like how does how does streams and the scheduler work? Uh, then there's layers that build on top of that just for clocks, just for random, just for the file system. And then how do you put CLI things on top of that? Meaning uh, command line interface things like. Uh, stood in, stood out, stood air, and arguments, environment variables. And then finally, there's a sockets proposal and an HTTP proposal. And what that's allowed us to do was make people responsible for these smaller sub areas and divide that responsibility and find new contributors uh, who've been adding a lot to their areas of expertise. And this, of course, there are many more proposals that are in the works. Um, Bailey and her team and others are working on a lot of things in this like WASI cloud family of, of common cloud interfaces. Um, and, it, and it goes on and on from there. There's many contributors working on many different proposals. So that's one of the great ways we found to scale. Gotcha. Something else that we did, uh, you mentioned delaying the vote. Uh, Pat, uh, kudos to him for talking to the contributor that was working on this and saying, look, I know that you think you might be able to get it done this week, but it is the week uh, and maybe, you know, it would be better not to crunch uh, and get really stressed out about this thing. Let's just go ahead and push it out and, you know, then we'll, we'll come in with exactly what we want. We won't have made any shortcuts or anything like that. And so as community leaders, it's really important to be checking in with different contributors. Uh, you want to set goals, right? And you want to be very ambitious with those goals, but building a release pipeline that acts as basically a train, you can just hop on at some point uh, and, and get carried through. And uh, that's what we've been able to do with breaking things up from that monolithic ABI, as Pat said, into modular interfaces. But there's also the secondary aspect of 
we have this unit called a world. Uh, and that's the thing that we say, hey, if you build it on top of this foundation, uh, the set of things that is part of this preview to milestone, then you could launch with that, right? We can move you through the phases as an independent proposal. Uh, so even these WASI cloud proposals that we were talking about, WASI key value itself is something that I think we can all generally agree on a get set API, fairly easy, but maybe a little bit harder if you're starting to talk about messaging and SQL, uh, people tend to have more opinions there. So we can move certain things through the, the phases without having this one omnibus style vote. And one thing that I'll add there, um, and of course, all the listeners know that I have very much so drank all of the WebAssembly Kool-Aid. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt as I'm about to say this. Um, but fundamentally, right, you know, we believe this technology is one that's going to be industry defining. We think it's something that is going to change the way people develop uh, and distribute software, right? Um, so it's okay if it takes us a little bit longer to try and get the standards right. Right. So I, I do ask everyone to, you know, be a little bit patient uh, and understand that, you know, this stuff takes time. Right. Um, we can be in a situation where, you know, like JavaScript that was designed in a week and then, you know, we're still dealing like and amazing things have have accomplished with it. Right. But of course, they're still within a lot of the limitations that might not have been there had, you know, a little bit more time been used. So oh, a week's worth of work and a life lifetime of pain. Right. Oh, yes. Uh, so I, I've got to ask, uh, you know, preview two on the cusp of uh, of, of full release here. Uh, let me just throw this out to the group. What's what's your favorite feature, and why do you why are you particularly excited about it? And and componentization is not shouldn't be one of them. Obviously, all of us are excited about that, right? That was my answer. Oh, come on, Oscar, you can think of something better. Anything in particular? Gosh, it's hard. <laughs> um, so, you know, coming from like, you know, as like a compiler author, um, you know, I'm super excited about WASI HTTP. Um, and I think the number one reason for that is because people always ask, hey, uh, I want your language to do stuff with the internet. <laughs> and like, that's a really fair, you know, piece of feedback that we get. So super duper excited that it's officially a part of the spec. That's great. Yeah, I, I'm going to vote for WASI HTTP as well. And that's very selfish because I've spent a lot of time on it recently. Um, but uh, WASI HTTP, I think, is a really great story of the WASI community working together because um, when we came out with WASI Preview 1 and then you know Fastly was like, we're going to launch this Edge HTTP uh, product on top of it. This, uh, And so we had to come up with our own proprietary API because there was right. no WASI standard there yet. And, we kind of knew we're like, well, we're when we're ready, we're going to work on making this a WASI standard. But like, a, we had to launch a product in a hurry, right? And standards take time, and so we cut that out because we needed to. Um, and B was like, well, we might make a couple of mistakes along the way of launching this, uh, and we don't want to be uh, baking those into the standards forever. So we took what we learned from that experience and. We fixed all of those problems when we came up with WASI HTTP and the other things in WASI Preview 2. I could go on and on about all the details of the individual ones. Most of them are really arcane. Uh, they're about you know not making these weird choices that tie you into you know patching over mistakes for a decade, sure. going back and fixing things right. But um, another piece of this puzzle was that around the same time Fastly was doing their thing. Um, folks in the Istio project were making this thing they called proxy wasm, which was 
another way of running WebAssembly to steer proxies in a way that was like, well, it kind of resembles the kind of thing Fastly does. And also, it's very different in some ways. Mm -hmm. um, and so Peter Sikora was the leader of that effort. Uh, and he also, you know, like the engineers at Fastly, did a just a big push of we're going to launch all these features. And then afterwards, we're going to figure out how to come uh, bring those into a standard. And we found common ground between like, oh, here's the Istio view of the world and here's the Fastly view of the world. And well, it seems like this WASI HTTP satisfies both parties. Yeah. Um, so that was a really good way of instead of proliferating these you know, proprietary things or like, well, now there's a third standard that competes with the first two. It's like, oh, no, we generally just kind yeah. of believe this is the successor because we all work together on it. Yeah, on the Nginx side, our implementation of WASM time into Nginx unit uh, we, we ran into some of the same uh, uh, needs to go our own direction and wait for the standards to, to cultivate and develop there. So uh, I, I agree. It's a, it's a remarkable thing for the community to come together on that, on that feature. So hear me out. I think I'm the most excited about strings. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, with, with Preview 2, we have high-level types now, uh, including more than just strings, but obviously I'm most excited about strings. And that's because I got started on the WebAssembly journey and its precursor with Asm.js. And the things that I did to make other languages compile into WebAssembly and then be able to generate bindings that let me talk to that WebAssembly module was a thing. And I know Oscar knows what I'm talking about since you created Grain, but uh, it's actually really exciting that I'm able to have high-level language bindings that literally say what they are. These are strings. It's not a bunch of I-32s. Uh, I can actually use this. And then I guess my real one is probably virtualization is another cool feature that's now available that I've been using a lot. And it lets me bind that API to something else uh, so for me, the way that it usually looks like is that I'm writing uh, locally, like local development. And so uh, I've been working on Wazi Blob Store and uh, I've been able to virtualize the Blob Store to basically be my file system. And it was really easy to do. And I was able to swap that out inside Wasm time. And so by being able to virtualize APIs because they're, you know, these new modular interfaces, I didn't use the word component, uh, just saying, um, <laughs> then I, I have the ability to, thank you. Uh, I have the ability to virtualize all of these APIs. And there's this other project I would love to hype called Wazzy Vert. And it's all about virtualizing these Wazzy Preview 2 APIs. Uh, and it lets you do cool things, like maybe run everything in memory. Yeah, I think to that point too, um, with Preview 2, one of the things that's so beautiful about it is there is a far more documentation. Historically, we've been really terrible about documentation. We still have way more, way more work to do. Um, but compared to Preview 1, um, you were talking about bindings, just figuring out, hey, what is the representation of this data structure that I'm trying to, you know, pass across this boundary? It was a nightmare figuring some of this stuff out. Um, and then, you know, Pat, to your point, too, about just uh, cleaning up a lot of the, the interfaces, um, clocks, one of the things that made me really excited about that was that we went from four to two clocks, um, which is great, because uh, uh, I think before we had the, you know, wall clock, we had the monotonic clock, and then there was this, a CPU and a process clock included. Um, and how my, I think my first contribution to anything related to WASI was <laughs> the process and CPU clocks didn't freaking work on Windows and Node.js. Uh, and I had to try and go fix that and it was a nightmare. And I'm oh. so happy that those are gone now. Um, except uh, it didn't relieve me of my maintainer duties. So that part's lame, but <laughs> beyond that, I'm excited. Some of the stuff's gonna clean up finally. 
That's great. Uh, I, I want to move on uh, and talk about uh, yeah, the server-side WebAssembly obviously followed the, the client-side WebAssembly, which is where all of this work kind of originates. And, uh, you know, Oscar alluded to it in his statements on, on AI at the, at the top of the podcast. There's this talk in the community of progressive applications that bind client-side rendering and server-side rendering into split logic applications that can choose at build time what functions should be done on the client's end and which should stay server-side and even dynamically change some of those assignments. Um, I'm thinking uh, in particular of like the Leptos framework and you know some of the work I've seen from Fermion. It's demonstrated how that can work. I mean, we're clearly a ways away from making this happen. But what, what do you think of this sort of dual brain mode of operation for WebAssembly? What, what are its benefits and what are its drawbacks? So this is something that I ended up building for one of my original use cases for WebAssembly was a data visualization application that needed to be able to render millions of nodes to the screen. And so having a progressive web app uh, type architecture was a requirement because uh, it was pretty easy for me to freeze my browser tab uh, since everything was running on the main thread. Um, and so what I ended up doing is having my rendering logic that I wrote in C++ uh, be able to compile a WebAssembly. And so that's something that I was able to ship as effectively a rich client in the browser. Uh, but because I wrote it in C++, it also meant that I was able to have a server side element to this. And so I was running basically the exact same code in both places. And this was basically pre-server side becoming an awesome thing for, for WebAssembly. So that was legit just straight native code where that was running in a, a Linux container. But uh, that was really powerful because I would let the server side do that initial blit of uh, all the all the different like nodes on the screen, and then only the ones that you were actually interacting with were the ones that were actually being rendered. Um, and so usually you grab like five, let's say, and move them around in a node link diagram visualization. And so uh, that was oh my goodness, a decade ago. But uh, the, it, it has been a key part, I believe, of the WebAssembly story. And when you look at tools like Google Earth and um, other known major web applications, uh, I believe that a lot of them are using a lot of these techniques already uh, with WebAssembly. And yes, I totally think that's, uh, that's the play, is that I want to write a WebAssembly component that runs in my browser just the same as it runs anywhere else, uh, because you really are stretching for that Java write once, run everywhere vibe uh, without all the complexity. Yeah, that, that kind of goes back to the, is this the system interface or standard interfaces? And I think one great argument for standard interfaces is like, well, what is the system interface to JavaScript? And it's like, well, JavaScript can do different things when it's running in the browser versus when it's running on Node.js, right? So it's like, how, how, do, you, how do you implement WASI sockets if you're in Node.js? Well, there's just regular sockets there, so that's easy. How do you implement them in the browser? It's like, well, you could probably find some ways to smuggle them through a server somewhere, but uh, it's a lot more complicated. But, but we can actually come up with the story for that um, using other components. Uh, well, don't need to go into that as much. But the, you know, WASI, I think we're very serious about it working in the browser. Um, you know, there were some attempts made at that in WASI Preview 1 where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, you kind of get a file system going in here. But uh, with WASI HTTP, one of our big design goals is like, oh, you're going to be able to implement this using uh, the browser's fetch, right? So if you're doing outbound HTTP, that's something browsers do all the time in JavaScript. So everything we designed in that is possible in, in JavaScript fetch. So the JCO project is really pioneering that aspect. Um, they're right now, um, for a Preview 2 goal, they're focusing on... Uh, 
Node.js because it has those things for sockets, basically, and, and the CLI applications that allow us to say we have two complete implementations uh, for Preview 2. Um, after that sprint is over in the next couple of weeks, uh, they have prototype stuff of, of uh, working in the web and you know to ship it to any browser. Um, and polishing that off, uh, getting that to work uh, to be production quality is one of the next big things we'll see coming out of that project, which I think I'm really excited for. I know a lot of people downstream are excited to consume. Absolutely. And so now as we're you know heading to the end of the, the podcast here, let me ask, how can everyday folks get involved and, and, and help out on the standards work? I think the biggest thing that we need is implementations of a lot of these specs, right? Uh, having one, now two that are in the works uh, is huge, is awesome. Let's get more. Uh, so um, we we know of other folks like working in the WASM Edge community that's working on this. I'd love to see uh, more folks swarm it on Whammer and other WebAssembly runtimes. So starting from a host side implementation in a WebAssembly runtime is a great place to start contributing. Other side is uh, is on the guest side. And so within the Bytecode Alliance, we have a special interest group called Guest Languages. And if there's a language that you're really into, there probably already is a subgroup for it. But if there isn't, create one, spearhead it, and help us get uh, WASI Preview 2 working for your language of choice. Uh, and that typically looks something like helping build out um, either if you're if you have an interpreted language, compiling your interpreter. So what we saw with Python is compiling uh, C Python to Wasm, compiling C Ruby to Wasm. Uh, that's a pattern that we definitely have been seeing. Uh, but then there's the other side, which is you know we've written a lot of tooling already in Rust crates, and a lot of that is inside the Wasm Tools project within the Bytecode Alliance. So another wonderful place to contribute and improve, especially if you're working towards goals of optimization. Because when you make a change there, that change is often reflected in a lot of these different bindgen. Um, we call it WIT bindgen. Uh, so WIT is the WebAssembly interface types. Uh, that that's the IDL that we use to define a lot of these APIs that we've been talking about on the pod. Um, but uh, if you make a change there, our tools that generate language bindings also consume a lot of those same tools, and so you get this like really awesome forcing function where. You can push a change out and you cared about JavaScript, but actually you just improved Python. Uh, I think that is really, really cool. That's great. Yeah, I think, you know, technology isn't GitHub repos, but technology is just people. And, you know, the when we uh, had our end of year uh, WASI meeting, uh, we went and we looked at all the committers in 2023 and we, we thanked 39 people independently, uh, or sorry, individually. Um, so it's uh, we used to have you know probably about four people working on WASI. Now we're at forty. Um, that's an awesome improvement. Uh, and you know, getting to four hundred, I think it's you know like now there's people who are the new leaders in this community, um, who are responsible for smaller pieces of the project as it's uh, or you know uh, their own pieces of the project, their own contributions. Um, and so like there's these language uh, SIGs that you can get involved in. Uh, library authors can get involved. Uh, and uh, just in general, like there's a lot of places across the Bytecode Alliance where now there's people who've been around for a year who can tutor you and who can review your pull requests and who can help you get your bearings and understand what the valuable contributions to make are. So uh, that's mm -hmm. a big uh, improvement I'm proud of because 
you know, back when there was just four of us, it felt like, you know, people asked me to get anything done, but oh, I'm too busy doing this stuff. I can't possibly teach people. Oh, and you have 40 people. That's a lot easier to say, sure, I can spend more time teaching. That's great to hear. Uh, with that, I, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, a big thank you to Pat and Bailey. Great discussion. Uh, and as always, thank you, Oscar. Uh, it's a big application world out there. It's time to unleash the power and promise of WebAssembly. So for Pat, Bailey, Oscar, and myself, thanks for listening in. And be sure to hit the subscribe button for future WebAssembly news and views. Take care. That's a wrap for our WebAssembly adventure, fellow code explorers. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, may Wasm be with you.